Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 6, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. And we have a full show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the loss on Sunday to the Washington Wizards. A a disappointing loss. I know some people are out there saying it was the perfect loss for tanking reasons because the Magic largely played well, gave up a lead, and ended up losing. But we'll talk. I'll talk about that angle and that approach and, and why I think that's just kind of, you know, not silly. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But... I, I don't think that way, and, and I'll, I'll explain uh, my reasoning there. Uh, and then I'm going to spend the rest of this show talking about spacing. Um, I know that that's a, that's, that's a sexy topic, uh, as you will. Um, you can probably guess my thoughts on the, uh, on the, on the title to, to this episode. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about the magic spacing and, and how that's been effective since the, since the change over to the smaller lineups of what we've seen from them, as well as where this team still needs to improve. But before we get going, I do want to say uh, a big congratulations to our pals at Orlando City Soccer, uh, as, well as, uh, as well as the city of Orlando in general. Um, I did not watch Sunday's Magic Game Live, uh, f- first regular season game this year that I have not watched live. Um, first time I haven't watched a Magic game, or at least listened to, or at least listened to the Magic game live since the hurricane back in October um, when the Magic took on the Cavaliers. I don't think any, we missed anything there. I, I watched that on tape delay and was like, oh yeah, that that wasn't anything I needed to see. Um, this game was, but uh, I was at the Orlando City uh, game on Sunday night. Uh, I, so full disclosure, if if my analysis is just a little bit off on this Wizards game, that that is my excuse. Um, Amazing game. Orlando City defeats New York City FC 1-0 on a goal by Kyle Lahren in the 12th minute, I'd like to say. It happened right, right in front of me. Um, just a, just an amazing performance from the team. or Not not an amazing performance, but a good performance from the team. Obviously, a winning performance from the team. Uh, but a, a winning performance from the fans uh, and the people of Orlando. Um, you know, if, you, if you're not... I, I know not all my listeners are from the Orlando area, um, but you know, if if you know me at all, I, I did used to run a sister site to Orlando Magic Daily covering the other teams in Orlando. So I I personally feel very invested in the Orlando sports market, and, and, and you know, the Orlando Magic are kind of the flagship team. Uh, but this is a a vibrant and growing sports market, and to see Orlando City grow into what it has become. Uh, has been really impressive, and they opened up their new stadium, the Orlando City Stadium, uh, on Sunday to a sold-out crowd of more than twenty-five thousand people. Um, it was loud. It was raucous. That the stadium is absolutely gorgeous. Um, it is a real, just a real beautiful. I, I mean, I haven't been to any other soccer-specific stadium, so maybe I don't have anything to compare it to. Uh, but Orlando and its soccer fans have really done. An amazing job uh, creating a culture, a fan culture, 
uh, with this team. Uh, and it showed through on Sunday at the game. Uh, again, the stadium is fantastic. It's a great place to go watch a soccer game if you're into soccer. Uh, I know that the Magic have tried to learn some lessons from what's been successful with Orlando City. Uh, I, you know, I see the people up in Section 112 every game cheering their hearts out. Uh, I know they were celebrating as much as anybody on Friday when the Orlando Magic took the season series against the Miami Heat for the first time since 2009 in a big win at home on Friday. Uh, there's there, there are passionate fans in Orlando, and I know when the Magic get good again, and then when the Magic, you know, kind of, frankly, give fans a reason to show up at the Amway Center. I know the Amway Center isn't built to trap noise like the Orlando City Soccer Stadium is, but uh, it, it was great to see the city come out in support of their team, in support of their city, in support of a, uh, a group that... Um, represents this city, and I know the Magic want to be that team too. Uh, I think they can uh, they can be that team. They are that team in many ways, but uh, the, the passion needs to be unlocked with the Magic, uh, and uh, games like Sunday at the Orlando City Soccer Stadium should give uh, Magic fans some inspiration, should give the organization some inspiration that there is a lot going on in the city of Orlando, and that sports is a big part of it. And you know, I'm not, I'm someone, and I know Orlando City fans who are very competitive about the Magic, and some of it is just a league culture thing. Like MLS is very much still kind of grassroots fans. It's it's very much about uh, you know having supporter sections like like in Europe and, and and that kind of culture. Whereas the NBA is a very corporate corporate fan culture, so I don't think it's ever going to be as raucous as the Orlando City games are. Uh, but certainly there is room in the city for both teams. Um, their, their seasons are complementary to each other. Orlando City season's just starting. The Magic are entering the final quarter of their season right now. Uh, and so there is, there's plenty of room for both. Uh, and I, it's, to me, it's not a competition. It's a partnership. We're, we're all representing this great city of Orlando. Uh, and uh, I, I personally believe that... Uh, that you can be a fan of both because there's a lot of soccer fans, there's a lot of basketball fans who are soccer fans, a lot of soccer fans who are basketball. The sports are actually much more similar than you think. Uh, and I think that um, it, it, I, I'm happy to celebrate what Orlando City accomplished on Sunday uh, while talking about the Magic and then finishing up the Magic season. And I know that when the Magic are, are back, on, back on top with Orlando City, the city will be absolutely buzzing, and, and and I think it's fantastic. So if you have not been, during the summer especially, when there's no magic going on, be sure to go check out an Orlando City game if you're in town. Uh, again, the stadium is just unbelievably uh, awesome. It's, it's a very cool place to watch a sporting event, and so uh, happy to see it open, happy to see Orlando City get a win. And it looked like for a long time in Sunday's game that the Magic were going to get a win. They, they went up. Uh, big in in the first quarter. I mean, they are in the first half. They they had control of this game. They were moving the ball pretty well. They were getting uh, the shots that they wanted. They made ten three pointers in the first half. They took a fifteen point lead. It was shocking, and, and and it wasn't that the Magic were getting a lot of fast break points. They only had three field goal attempts in transition, nine points. But they were getting into tr- secondary break. They were really stifling Washington's offense a lot, uh, and they had control of the game. They are up 15. They took a 17-point lead with about three and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. It wasn't like Washington was going away, but Orlando was withstanding every push against them uh, in this in this game, and that is something that the Magic have struggled with at times this year to, to, to 
take those hits and keep coming back at them. And and that's what Frank Vogel is talking about in building a winning culture. You have to go out and take those punches and win those games. And even win those games on the road. Washington is not is a really good team. And unfortunately, they proved that in the fourth quarter. Orlando, once again, lost the lead in the fourth quarter. It's not to the same extent that they lost the lead like against Portland, but the result obviously the same. Washington stormed back. They tied. They they, they got close. They, they, they started making their run at the end of the third quarter. Got the game tied with about seven minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then it was a back-and-forth game. Um, back-and-forth game for me. Uh, back-and-forth game, essentially, for the rest of the game. Orlando took the lead. They had the lead with about two minutes to play by three points, I believe. A, chance, a couple chances to get it to four. Couldn't convert, and then Boyan Bogdanovich made his play. Boyan Bogdanovich made uh, eight three-pointers, eight of ten from beyond the arc, on his way to 27 points in the game. That included three big ones in the fourth quarter, including the game winner with about 40 seconds left. Uh, on that play, John Wall drove into the paint, kicked it back, drew Evan Fournier off his man, kicked it back out to Otto Porter. Aaron Gordon had to come off Bogdanovich to guard Porter, uh, at the three-point line, Porter swung it to Bogdanovich in the corner, and he hit the three. I think Gordon took it very hard on himself. Uh, he also had a game-winning attempt, uh, a jumper after the Magic uh, got a stop with about with about ten, seven or eight seconds left. Um, they got it. The Magic got a stop, got a you know gut, gutted out the rebound. It's very actually uh, the way that the Magic gutted out that rebound. Uh, John Wall missed a shot, rebound went long. It looked very similar to the play against the Oklahoma City Thunder a few years ago when Tobias Harris had the dunk that won the game. Um, Aaron Gordon had to beat a man to the ball. He's, he got it, went down the floor, did not wait for a timeout. I I think that was the right decision. Tried to attack the basket, couldn't get a good shot off, and eventually missed. And there you have it, a 115-114 loss to the Washington Wizards. Uh like I said in my intro and my long-winded intro before I uh, before I start talking about Orlando City, there, a lot of fans will probably say this was a good type of loss uh, because, of course, the Magic are in a fight, quote unquote, for uh, lottery positioning, and losing helps their lottery positioning a little bit. Uh, but of course, Frank Vogel has said that he's trying to build a winning culture, and it doesn't help that. For the, for the pro-tanking crowd, it's a, we played well, we fought hard, and we lost. Best of both worlds. We saw that this team can play well, that they can compete with a good team, but they didn't hurt their lottery chances and they lost. That's not what the Magic want to do with these games. I don't care what people think the Magic should do, um, and, and certainly there is the argument that getting more lottery chances is better and you'll get a better pick and, and yada, 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 yada. The Magic played that game for four years and this is where it got them. So I, I, I'm, I'm still a little baffled by kind of the faith that everyone has in that system to deliver something to this team after five years at this point. And I'm all for it. Like, I get the logic. I understand the logic. It makes sense to me. It's not that you're being illogical doing this, but this is not what the Magic want right now. The Magic want to build a winning culture. They want to stop losing these kinds of games. As I've said before on the podcast, and I I think I said this in an episode last week, this team is probably not good enough. They're going to lose games on their own. They don't need the help. 
So when you have a chance to win, and this was how I felt throughout the entire rebuild, when you have the chance to win, you need to win the basketball game. Those chances with a team like this do not come around often enough. And so you, to me, gain nothing by losing a game like this, intentional or otherwise. Washington's a good team. They came back. They deserve to win. And Orlando's got to learn to win these games. And the only way they're going to learn to win these games is by actually doing it. So, the Magic have to learn to win these games. And they didn't tonight. There is no excuse for losing a 17-point lead with 15 minutes to play. The Magic need to be better than that. And yeah, I know. Nikola Vucevic didn't play with a sore, with a sore Achilles. Bismack Biombo was fine. Bismack Biombo. Uh, and I'll run through the final stats here in a bit, 14 points, 15 rebounds, 5 for 8 from the floor, was absolutely fine tonight. He was a good player. The Magic had some depth issues with their front court, but that wasn't much of an issue tonight. In fact, Orlando got their their 17-point lead in the third quarter by playing Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green at the forward and center spot. Yes, we finally saw Aaron Gordon play some center. I am so excited. Because we want to see, I mean, and, and Jeff Turner even noted it on the broadcast, this was the Magic's death lineup. Magic don't quite have a death lineup. They have a, uh, a, 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 you know, possibly named lineup. Let's call it that. But these are games the Magic have to win. And they did just about everything they could to win this game. They had some execution issues down the stretch. They missed some shots down the stretch in a close game. That you can live with. I can live with the team losing a close game if they're executing and just missing shots, which is what happened. Alfred Payton and certainly the Magic's perimeter defense still needs to improve. They struggled with John Wall down the stretch, and that opened things up for Boyan Bogdanovich. What I can't live with is giving up a big lead like this. You work so hard to build up a big lead, and the Magic did not make threes at the same clip that they did in the first half, and that hurt. Now, I'll talk about a little bit about that in a moment. But they've got to win these games. They've got to find a way to win these games. This is the lesson they've got to learn. And I don't know how you learn it other than by doing it. Because it's been five years. We've seen this team in its various forms. Now, obviously, not every player on this team has been on the Magic through all this, the rebuild. But in its various forms, the Magic have lost games like this time and time and time again. And that's why they can't make that step forward. That's why they can't take the step up that they need to take. And so the sooner they learn to win these games, and that's why, to me, it's not acceptable to lose these games anymore. Because the Magic have said they want to take a step forward. At this point, I'm holding the Magic to the standard they're setting for themselves. I hear the tanking talk, and it makes sense. It's logical. I get it. It's... Not a good thing, but it's not a bad thing. I'll grant you that. But I'm going to hold the Magic to the standard they're going to set themselves. That's, that's, I think that's part of my duty as a member of the press right here. The Magic said they wanted to make the playoffs this year. I'm going to hold them to that standard. The Magic say they're trying to build a winning culture and win these games. I'm going to hold them to that standard. And if I'm going to hold them to that standard, I'm going to say this was a bad loss. This is an unacceptable loss. And they need to find a way... I mean, I don't know exactly how you learn to win these games. That is an absolute truth, too. Some of it might be they just need to find that star and get better players because the Magic don't have a John Wall to draw the defense and off the dribble. 
And until they find that guy, they're, they might struggle in games like these. But they've got to find a way because this was a game they needed to win. They deserved to win this game with the way they played on offense. And to give it away by giving up 70 points in the second half is unacceptable. They got beat in a way that they shouldn't get beat anymore. Not if we're going to hold them to the standard. And to me, what's going to be more interesting is how they recover Monday night against the New York Knicks. It's the beauty of the NBA. There's always another game to play. And so the Magic will get their next game Monday night against the New York Knicks, a team that trounced them not a week ago, five days ago. Six days ago, I guess. And that's a team the Magic should feel like they can beat. They should feel a little hungry. They should feel upset about this game. They should feel upset about last week's game. And they need to come out ready to play and ready to respond. And if they respond, I think a a lesson will be learned. Not the lesson, but a lesson will be learned that will be important for this team's development down the road. This is a big week for the Magic, of course. They've got three home games this week. New York, Chicago, or no, three home games and a road game. New York, Chicago, at Charlotte, Cleveland, and then they head out west for a three-game road trip. So, big week for the Magic. I think there's a lot of opportunity to to build some momentum here. Chicago's been playing a little bit better. Charlotte's been struggling. Cleveland's Cleveland. Um, But they just lost by 30 to Miami without LeBron and Kyrie. Um, And New York is struggling too. Um, You know, even after the the way they beat the Magic, they're struggling. So there's plenty of opportunity here. Let's run through some final stats for you uh, to, to, to before we set things up here. Uh, Terrence Ross, 20 points, 8 for 18, shooting 4 for 10 from beyond the arc. Solid game for him overall. Aaron Gordon stood out, 15 points, 11 rebounds for him. 5 of 13 from the floor, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc. Really, He really was upset with his defense. Um, I didn't see anything too bad, but, uh, you know, Obviously, he made some some errors toward the end of the game as well um, that, that stood out. Magic had seven players in double figures here. Evan Fournier, 18 points, 7 for 16 shooting. Bismack Biombo, like I said, 14 points, 15 rebounds. Alfred Payton, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 7 for 8 from the floor. Mario Zonia, 12 points, made three three-pointers in the first half. And Jeff Green, 12 points for the Magic as they fall to the Washington Wizards. 115 to 114 at the Verizon Center. Back in action Monday at the Amway Center against the New York Knicks. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And I think one of the big takeaways that we can take from, from the weekend's games is with the Magic playing small again, small now, they have unlocked something offensively. The numbers haven't quite caught up, but aesthetically, there is something different about this team. There is a way that they're playing 
that has benefited them. And it's maybe the maybe opponents haven't quite caught up with the tape yet. Because it's only been five games. But I definitely think the Magic's offense has improved. And, it, and the numbers haven't quite borne this out as clearly yet. Um, but I do think this team is better offensively going small. And it's also become increasingly clear. The reason why. It isn't three-point shooting, although that plays a factor. It isn't just the fact that they're smaller, that Aaron Gordon's playing the four and can be bouncy around the rim, and and there's better matchups. I think that's part of it, too. I think it all goes goes to what is really the key to a modern offense. When we talk about modern offenses, we talk about pace and space. And the Magic talked a lot about pace this year. They talked about a lot getting out in transition, getting stops and running. And with this with this smaller team, they're running a lot more. We're seeing a lot more fast break opportunities. But what we don't really talk about is space. How do you create space for drivers? How do you create space for Alfred Payton, a guy who can't shoot, to get into the paint and cause the defense to collapse and create more space? You look at a team like the Golden State Warriors. What makes them dangerous is you've got to pay attention to every single guy. You can't help off of them. And when you can't help off of a guy, that creates a driving lane for you, for you, for your ball handler. The Magic haven't really had that this year. Their space was clogged. Sure, you could move Serge Ibaka out to the perimeter. But if he doesn't, if you dish it out to him and he doesn't have a shot, he's not going to be able to create for anyone else. And so teams know that they just have to be within closeout range. You have Aaron Gordon out on the perimeter. Teams know they can sack off him a little bit. And that condenses the driving space that people have. Now, this may seem really, really obvious, and it probably is a little bit obvious. And the Warriors may be the wrong example because the Warriors are the best team in the NBA, But the Magic really lack this space, and it is clear they're better for having Terrence Ross and another shooter out there on the perimeter. Frank Vogel even noted this. Having Terrence Ross out on the perimeter is different than having Serge Ibaka there because Terrence Ross can put the ball on the floor. You rotate the ball to Terrence Ross on a kickout and the defense closes out on him, he's going to be able to pump fake and drive by the guy. And when that happens, the second level of defense has to react again. And you can dish it off to the corner, dump it down to the big man. You, you, the defense has to react to that in a way that they didn't with Serge Ibaka. And even from a standstill position, having Terrence Ross on the perimeter, having Aaron Gordon guard, being guarded by a power forward, that forces teams to defend a little bit differently. It leaves Alfred Payton in one-on-one situations more often, where he can break his man off the dribble and find driving lanes to the basket. You look at the game against the Miami Heat on Friday. Payton nearly had another triple-double. And that's, again, the Alfred Payton the Magic need to see more often. But a big reason that worked 
is because the Heat could not sag off of anybody. Whether it's Nikola Vucevic, because he can shoot that jumper. And centers don't like to be out on the perimeter already, but you got to respect that shot. Whether it's Terrence Ross moving Aaron Gordon to power forward, where, you know, Luke Babbitt knows Gordon's going to beat him off the dribble if he's not close enough to, to stop that thought, to close down that space. It's the NBA right now, and, and this might be part of the reason why defenses are struggling, is so connected with the three-point line that it's a lot more about individual responsibility than it ever was. And yeah, there are some really good defenders out there, but even the best defenders can struggle without help when they're left on an island. These are the best players in the world, after all. This is the NBA. And, again, it feels so obvious, but the Magic are discovering how important space is to a functioning offense. The Magic had one of the worst offenses, have one of the worst offenses in the league this year. They've been better since the trade deadline, of course. And a big reason, I think, is because they have the space to operate, finally. You take a look at offensive rating this year. The Magic are... 29th in the league, 100.9 points per 100 possessions. You go to after the All-Star break. Again, a five-game sample is not big. But their offensive rating is at least near the league average again. 21st, 104.8 points per 100 possessions. The Magic actually have a net, a positive net rating since the All-Star break. So this team has discovered something. Even if it's just aesthetics. Even if it's just, oh, this offense looks better. The statistics clearly show they are better. Even if it's not a lot yet. And I think a big reason why is, is this change in mentality. This, not just about getting up and down the floor quicker. Not just having more athleticism defensively. But in this ability to create space for their main driver. That's Alfred Payton right now. I haven't seen Terrence Ross quite become a one-on-one breakdown guy. Evan Fournier is certainly not that type of player either. But we've seen the Magic play a very different style. And There are still hiccups. There's still bugs that need to be worked out. But it feels like the Magic are finally running a modern offense. And I don't think that should be overlooked as we close the season. And neither should the Magic's relationship with the three-point line. As that's a big part of creating this space that the Magic have. That the Magic are finding. Orlando has had a weird relationship with the three-point line this year. I've, I've looked at it a few times. They're about middle of the pack in three-point attempts per game, but near the bottom in three-point field goal percentage. And that was a bit to be expected. The Magic don't have a lot of shooters. I mean, they started the year with Aaron Gordon playing the three, and, and he doesn't quite spread the floor. The Magic's percentage is actually a bit lower since the All-Star break than its, than its season average. 
even though we've seen Alfred Payton taking fewer threes and Aaron Gordon taking fewer threes. And so, when it comes to to, to spacing, the threat of the three-pointer is just as important as the ability to make the three-pointer. But clearly, the Magic need to continue to evolve their relationship with the three-point shot. And not just evolve that relationship, but become better at it. And I think one of the biggest needs the Magic are going to have to address this offseason is continuing to find shooters that can contribute in multiple ways. I think there, honestly, I think there's a real chance the Magic re-sign Jody Meeks this summer, if he can stay healthy. Because Jody Meeks is the best shooter on the team, man. And we saw when he entered the game, when, when he played, how he changed the offense. He created that space because of his shooting. And that's a continual theme for the Magic as they try to modernize their offense. Is how do they effectively use the three-pointer? I thought that Sunday's game was a, a great lesson in all of that. It was a great lesson in seeing how other teams use the three-pointer and how the Magic must use the three-pointer too. You look at the way the Wizards broke team broke them down. John Wall coming around his pick and roll, gets into the middle of the paint, causes the defense to collapse, dishes it out to the three-point line. That's the modern NBA offense right now. And that's something the Magic have not been able to do. When Alfred Payton's going, that's exactly what happens. And he had it going for parts of parts of Sunday's game, obviously. But the Magic are clearly deficient in this area, both offensively and defensively. And defending and making three-pointers is absolutely vital in this day and age. It's vital for, for spacing reasons. Like I've, like I've said, like this show is all about, is spacing. And Sunday, it cost them. Sunday, I think it cost them. Sunday, the Wizards' ability to space the floor and get into the paint with John Wall twisted the Magic's defense into knots. And eventually, Washington made threes. They made 10 of them in the second half, just like Orlando made 10 in the first half. And that's how they came back into the game and, and won it in a lot of ways. The Magic could not adjust their defense to, to account for it. In the same way, Orlando was able to get three-pointers on their own in that game. And even in, in the game against Miami, they got a bunch of good looks, made them, and ran away from that, ran away from the heat. Ultimately, success for this team still rests on its defense. If the Magics play good defense, they're going to win games. And for a half, they played really good defense against the Wizards. And for the second half, they didn't. They let Washington get in the paint. Like I said, defense really in this day and age really starts with individual responsibility because teams are able to stretch everyone out so much. I don't think a rim protector is as important as a good defensive point guard or a point guard who can break someone down off the dribble. And I think we all kind of start seeing the writing on the wall for Alfred Payton, but I don't mean this to be a knock on him. Not, not, not directly, at least. It's more of a statement that the Magic just still need to improve their talent base. Their talent level isn't quite there yet. 
And we can see that in the results. But if there is a silver lining to all this, if there is a silver lining for the 2018 season, is that the Magic are seeing what works in a modern offense. And they are seeing where they're deficient and what they need to improve upon for next season. And certainly all these areas, creating space, shooting three-pointers, dribble penetration, containing dribble penetration. So it's a big reason they lost against the Knicks and the Blazers and the Wizards. These are the things that the Magic are going to have to fill to reduce, to reduce those problems that modern offenses create. And that's where we're at, of course, is, is looking ahead to 2018 and figuring out where the Magic go from here. And we're beginning to see clues. And I think that's, that is a positive sign. I do think that's a good thing. But obviously there's still a lot of work to do and we want to see someone on this roster step into some of those roles at least. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast of Locked On Magic. Again, the Magic fall to the Washington Wizards, 115-114 to 114 at the Verizon Center. They're back in action Monday night against the New York Knicks over at the Amway Center. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports Florida. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Again, a congratulations to the City of Orlando and Orlando City Soccer for the 1-0 victory over NYC FC. We'll be watching all year long. Uh, as the uh, as Orlando City gets their first state first game and first win and first season in their new downtown stadium, once the once the entertainment complex is built, once the Magic build their entertainment complex, downtown is gonna be the place to be. So so get excited if you're if you live in Orlando, uh, and or if you travel to Orlando uh, often. Um, a lot of big things coming in the city. It's gonna be gonna be really really exciting uh, when it's all said and done. For Orlando Magic Daily, and of course you can, uh, I should say this, uh, you can of course follow the podcast uh, on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as on Facebook, like us at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at Omagic Daily, uh, and uh, like us on Facebook there at Orlando Magic Daily. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com for the latest on the Orlando Magic, as well as download the new fan-sided Chrome plugin for the latest on the Orlando Magic across the fan-sided sites, including OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Now to conclude, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.